want to see this be a viable part of Cleveland. Right. Not a dump. Yeah. Not a side thought. Right. That sort of thing where you, you the powers that be come, well, what are we going to do with that over there? People come and like talk about back in the day. Mm-hmm. We can't talk about back in the day. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, and that's why I said um, College Hill is not going to come back. Okay. We got to look toward the future. I don't know how to say this. I guess I'm actually questioning whether or not it's even appropriate. But the very first thing that I think of when I'm sitting across from Alma Dotson is how young she looks. And I think the reason that I say that is because over and over in the process of getting ready to record her, I was told that she was one of the older people in the neighborhood that knew things going way, way back to the neighborhood's early glory days. But in honesty, it feels like I'm sitting across from a 45-year-old or 50-year-old woman. Um, She's bright-eyed. She's terribly sharp. And she remembers everything. We are now in a stage, as Americans, we need to start doing. And not just the physical doing of building and things like that, but doing for each other. Mm -hmm. And um, that's where I am. So I'm hoping that from your experience here today and with the others that you've had, that you'll gain enough insight to um, come up with a formula for doing, positive doing. And, you know, I hope, you know, I've lived to see, like, so many old people that come in here and they say, you know, I got to see an African-American president. My, My dream for me deep down is that... One day we will live out what Dr. King says, it's not by the color of my skin, mm-hmm. but the content of my character, mm-hmm. that we live together. Right. That's, that's the ultimate dream. That's, that's a prophetic thing that came down. And we need to all, as Americans, as people all over the world, we need to strive for that. Yeah. We were given this color. You were given that one. Limpy was given that one. I was given this for a divine purpose of God. Mm-hmm. Okay, but some people have turned it into ugliness. Right. And I I don't agree with that. I don't agree with it either. I I know that one of the things that has been uh, on my mind a lot lately is you you hear a lot of people, both black and white and Hispanic, any any minority. But really, you know, when we talk about when we talk about kind of the minority conversation, that's a that's almost It's almost a misnomer, right? Um, because depending upon where you are at any given time, it, it really determines the minority. You know, the, uh, who who's in the room determines the minority, right? And, and on a kind of a hyperlocal level, but really there is a, a more developed black-white conversation, as rudimentary as it is right now, as uh, you know, in its infancy stages still. Um, even though we could argue whether that should or shouldn't be the case, you get to where you get to when you get there. We're still behind. 
in, um, in those efforts. And hopefully, um, like yourself, Olympia, myself, and others, maybe one day it'll happen. I'm praying for it. I really am praying mm-hmm. for it, that people won't see me just as a minority business, but they'll see us for who we really are. We are, we are you know, like the old cowboy said, no brag, just fact. Sure. We are excellent craftsmen at what we do. Right. Very, very good. Uh, we go back four generations now. And uh, we have sustained ourselves in an economic place mm-hmm. where we weren't supposed to be. The Dotson Funeral Home is one of the few businesses on Inman Street that escaped what was called the Urban Renewal Project. That's the project where many of the businesses were bought out in the promise that Inman Street would be expanded into a four-lane road and then the businesses would be invested into again later down the road. Many years later, the road is still two lanes, the businesses are gone, but the Dotson Funeral Home remains. Tell me about your family. Actually, it's my husband's and, family. And when, like, when, when they came to Cleveland, and he was born at Specs Hospital. Okay. Okay, which is now the Towers, they call it. Okay. In the basement, uh, that's where all the African Americans, you know, got medical attention. Okay. Um, What's now the Summit? Yes, the Summit. That's it. Okay. And um, as a matter of fact, uh, there used to be a pool right back over here. I didn't know it was a swimming pool, but now it's some houses over here in, mm-hmm. in a housing authority. And he used to swim over there. His mom was from this area, and um, his dad was from Riceville. Okay. And um, they got together and went up to Knoxville, and that's how his dad got into the funeral business up there in Knoxville. Okay. And uh, decided, well... There was no services for African Americans in this area, okay. So he, he ventured out on his own mm-hmm. and started a funeral business, and uh, one in Athens, a little bit, a little place here, like what they call Stivers Town. Okay. And it was just Stivers Town. Yeah. Where? Tell me, where is that then? Uh, where would we consider that's that? That's like uh, two streets over. That okay. With um, what is now um, over by Brown Stove? Yes. Over in that yeah. area. Okay, yeah. Stivers Town. Stivers Town. Yeah. Okay. So he started a funeral business, and the rest of it's just history for us. So there was. So the summit was. Summit was a hospital, primarily for black. Did white people? It was the white, white hospital. People, but, the, the, okay. um, but the blacks went downstairs in the basement. Okay. To get any type of medical attention, and okay. he was born down there. But it's really kind of funny, <laughs> because I, I'm sure a lot of people that. When they listen to this, they'll know about Dr. Prophet and Dr. Bachelor. Can you tell me a little bit about? I mean, a lot. The, they were old, A lot of people will have no idea. Who they were the old doctors person. around here when I. Okay. And when, I mean, everybody knew Dr. Prophet. Okay. And Dr. Bachelor, and it was back in the days where you know you could. I guess doctors made house calls and things like that. Sure. But I think Dr. Bachelor delivered Marcus. Okay. And. Um, it was very interesting, his birth certificate and looking back on some things of of color lines and things like that. Mm-hmm. Because uh, Marcus's family came out of Polk County. Right. 
you know. A lot of families, the Westfield uh, family I was going to say a lot of families came, came out from of Polk, Polk County. Polk County. And so you had some you had some integration that was there that right. people just kind of kept their mouths shut. Yeah, it seems, you know, uh, in the other interviews, a lot of what I've heard about the county, not just Polk County, but McMinn County and the surrounding areas, mm-hmm. um, there was no color divide at all, right? That it didn't really exist until they got into the city. Um, and in particular, a lot of that culture even came with them, both the whites and the blacks. So it, it didn't, even in, in town, wasn't didn't necessarily feel like things were divided until you got into the institutions like the schools and the right. churches and, and things like that. So um, I'm not surprised to hear that about about Polk County. How about you? When did you when did you get here? I got here. Well, I met Marcus in uh, North Carolina. We went to um, I went to a Presbyterian college, okay. St. Andrews, and uh, he was teaching music there in um, a private school. And uh, we met, and he said, hey, I want to take you back to a place. It's my home. And when I first got to Tennessee, I was like, oh, my gosh. <laughs> it was mountains and trees. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was very, very much like the songs. Sure, yeah. You know, very beautiful, though. Mm-hmm. Uh, I kind of fell in love with the Smokies. I mm-hmm. thought that was this God's country right there. Sure, yeah. And uh, we were married in 78, 77. Okay. And um the rest of that's history too. So um you know, one well, of his well, one of his proposals was hey, he just took out a sheet of paper and he said, This is my dream. Okay. And he showed me what a What was it? Tell me. Picture of a funeral home that he wanted okay. to build. Okay. You know, I want to have you know, I want to do this. That's the way every man gets a woman, right? You lay out your dream lay and it's a funeral home. <laughs> I don't know about that, but it was the fact that he was going somewhere. That's right, that he had a yeah, yeah. Right. and I mean, and I have a business degree, and that was just mm. right up my alley. Okay, right. You know, we can do this. Sure. So, what were your first impressions of the of College Hill, in particular, the area right here where we are at that time? Um, very closed, closed mouth. Mm-hmm. Um, some of the past had been taken from them when we got here. The um, Emmon Street Business District mm-hmm. uh, had been demolished, or was on his, was on the cusp of, of being demolished. Some of the buildings were still sure. standing, sure. but many of them <clears throat> were gone by now, and people were still reminiscing and kind of sad about, you know, there was no economic base anymore. It was all gone. Okay, so when you began here, the what's called the Urban Renewal Project had already. Begun, and the businesses were beginning to be affected by that, or it was already done. It was already done. The urban renewal was was unfortunately a lie. It it Mm -hmm. it did not. As a matter of fact, that's what was told to us that it would come and help us, you know, replace Daddy's old business. Mm -hmm. Okay, they took the house, they took the the old funeral home, and they were going to help us replace it. It never happened. We didn't. We didn't get anything, and so if we wanted to stay in business, um, we were going to have to do it ourselves. How did you? How were you able to navigate that at a time when um, everybody else had sold 
business was sort of moving away from here. Mm-hmm. Um, well, you can't even really say, I don't even think it's right to say moving away. It just had ceased to be. It just here. ceased to be. There was no, right. there was no banks that were really uh, financing anything, mm-hmm. had any faith to finance over here in this sure. district. And number one, I give all credit to God's grace and his mercy uh, because I saw people's hearts change. Mm -hmm. And um, I can't remember. I think his name was McLean that owned this property here. Um, Big big heavyset guy. And Marcus just, um, you'll have to meet Marcus. Um, He was just like, I'd like to buy it. And the guy was like, what you going to do? And Marcus like, I'm going to build a funeral home. Mm-hmm. You know, and uh, and the guy was just like, OK, mm-hmm. just OK. And we we was like, OK, so we go <laughs> home like, honey, we don't have any money. How are we going to do this? <laughs> so we just started uh, the wheels just started turning. And um, locally, um, truthfully, we didn't get any support right away. Mm-hmm. But then again, you know, just prayer and God's grace. And there was a bank here, uh, First Citizens, with a guy named Smith. Okay. And Marcus walked in. And he, Marcus is very personal. He's got, he's, he's just personable. He mm-hmm. just is. And he went in and he met the guy. And they talked. And uh, he remembered, the man remembered Marcus's uh, dad who was Mr. Ernest Westfield. He knew all the Westfields, and mm-hmm. uh, Dr. Bachelor spoke up for him. And um, he just said, okay, here. And he just shoved it in our faces, and we signed it, and, sure. and we started. And we were just like, wow. Are you enjoying listening to College Hill? We sure hope so. And if you are, we'd love you to know that this was made possible through the generous donations of the United Way of the Ekoi region. The United Way does so many things in the community. From helping people with poverty to education, the United Way is focused on every community that they're in, and that is especially true of the United Way of the Ikoi region. Once again, here's College Hill. So if the, at that time, tell me a little bit about the Urban Renewal Project uh, had already closed down a lot of businesses. Everything. What was the general tone? What was the way that, how did people feel about the Urban Renewal Project here? A lot of people didn't know how to feel. Um, Other than, I think, Mr. McKissick, you know, who's gone, who's passed on now. There were just very few people that were in, and and that's one of the things I found here. There were not a lot of people that were business-minded or Mm business-structured, and I'm talking about in the upper-level business. Yeah. Not just to start a vending or, or sure, you know, yeah. but I'm talking about the upper level. There were very, there was no one really. So um, the the tone was one of just being taken, mm-hmm. having it all taken away, and this is what they said, and they said they're going to come back, kind of attitude, but they never came back. So I've heard this project. Um, talked about vaguely so far, just a little bit here and there. So I've heard it was meant to turn Inman Street from a two-lane to a four-lane. I've heard. Yeah. I'm just saying, you know, 
from my so from somebody who knows nothing about it, right? right. Um, so when you say they said they were going to come back, who was going to come back and to do what? That was the project of the urban renewal. We were supposed to have bi- help businesses get started, mm-hmm. just like Marcus and I went to the bank and you know got our first commercial so there was loan. Be a city, a citywide uh, was project gonna, that was going to. Like, I'm, I'm asking the questions because you're the first person to really. Um, go in that direction mm-hmm. at all in the interview so far? Where this community was a thriving African-American community. Mm-hmm. And look at it. It's, it's dwindling away. Sure. And when you look around now, um, we're the mainstay for the community right now. Right. Um, there are a couple. I think there's another little, a business down the street here mm-hmm. as well as the barber. Yeah, that have come aboard not in, yeah. in late history, but as you look at the community now, as people die, um, their property is not made available mm-hmm. to be purchased by other African Americans, and white uh, landlords and owners come in and buy up very quickly. Why are whites scared when we when we conjugate together? I couldn't tell you. Okay. Back back in the day, like they said, like you just said, like Disneyland. I mean, being in the funeral business, we have gone everywhere. We're we're everywhere, all the way up to Knox County, all yeah. the way over to. Um, we've been everywhere. Our services go everywhere, and we meet people that talk about Emmons Street and back in the day, and right, how much right, fun right, it right, was, yeah. and things like that. And one of the things, um, there was a lady that lived over here, and. Uh, she used to tell the media how scared she was, and she was scared to be over here. And I'm going like, well, why you live over here then? You know, uh, about about us conjugating together. Sure. It was just community. Mm-hmm. And what you're talking, what they're talking about it being Disney was like a lot of fun. Uh, all kinds of businesses are up and down the street and eateries and things like that. But it was like all of a sudden that elephant was like they don't need that. And then as people they just kinda let let death take things out. They so their hands mm-hmm. were clean, Pontius Pilate. Sure. You know, their hands were clean. They didn't do anything. Nobody came back and started those businesses over again. Mm-hmm. Nobody was like like us at Dotson's, we're generational. Right. We keep on going. We keep on going. Mm-hmm. That sort of thing. And with the help of the Lord we'll keep on going. Mm-hmm. So um and it, this is really a different interview than the College Hill because it, I see them both as being having some type of right. exclusion they're re, they're as well as, as right. inclusion yes. 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 Uh, of what's happening here. And the reason I agree with Olympia to talk is because I'm hoping, and I think I got her, her right, in that what she's hoping to achieve and get those to understand what has been left out here. And what has been left out economically is, just like the school system, going down from 14 to 1, oh, we can't find good teachers. Really? Really? You can't find good teachers. African-American, that is. Sure. Well, how did you find those 14% you had before? Right. Okay? Because I came here from Virginia, mm-hmm. okay, to be a guidance counselor at Cleveland yeah. High School. The same thing is happening economically. Mm-hmm. Well, nobody will start businesses here. They they just won't do this, but because I I, I got to get financing here, 
I got to get housing here. Mm-hmm. You know, there uh, would be nice to have a nice school in this district, but it's not. You have to go outside two other districts if you live here, you know, to find school. And College Hill was a school. Right. Why did you take it away? So College Hill burned down before or after the urban renewal project? I believe before. 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 Okay. You know. Yeah, one of the things that I think has come up a lot is this, you know, we have a we have a really broken cycle, I think. Mm-hmm. You know, my own my own observation, which is again limited, mm-hmm. right? Forty something white guys mm-hmm. perspective, but that you know we have kids, you're talking about these teachers, uh, you know, gap in teachers and needing teachers. And we have kids here who um, feel like they need to leave, right? That there's nothing for them here. So they leave and maybe they go get their teaching degree, but then they teach somewhere else, right? Mm-hmm. They don't they don't come back to here. And I think um, in the interest of, you know, I want to honor what you said earlier about doing, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. If we can do and if if somebody were to say to me i mean i'm i'm nobody to nobody but if if anybody in the city came to me and they said okay rob alderman what's the first thing we're going to do after these interviews so far the first thing i would do would say well the first thing we're going to do is we're going to find we're going to find and unravel this cycle this broken circle and we're going to find how to keep our black talent here, right? Mm-hmm. We're going to make sure that they have jobs here. Mm-hmm. Um, now, my power to do in this situation is probably more limited than any of us would like, but that would be, at least in my mind, part of the issue. Mm-hmm. Is is that, you know, we've talked about these, um, and Olympia and I have this conversation a lot. She's she's like a safe place for me. I feel like I okay. say things to her that I maybe wouldn't just say because I don't. I don't always know where my own thoughts are going. I'm a business person too, by the way. So I, you know, I own a few, mm-hmm. and it's crazy, as you know, it's crazy. Yeah, it's crazy. And so you're always thinking or saying or doing something that you're not sure will work, and then sometimes it works and sometimes it doesn't. So I have to be careful what I say. Mm-hmm. We but, all do. But one of the places when I look at you're talking about gentrification in neighborhoods, right? When I look at that with people, you know, it's that in in white culture, right, we have this circle figured out, right? We see a young person and what they're going to do, like, years before they ever even do it. And we kind of anoint them into those positions. We say, you call me, when you get out of college, call me. And there's a place at this business for you, right? And um, to think that we would, I say we broadly, I wasn't here or even maybe alive during the Urban Renewal Project. It was right in there somewhere, right? I'm born in 74, so it's occurring, right? Mm-hmm. When Rob Alderman comes into the world. But to think that going all the way back to there, we're saying, well, not only are we not closing this cycle, but we're going to destroy anywhere that you would maybe grow up and want to be. So now you're going to leave town. It just feels really gross. And and I, so I think closing that circle is so, is so important 
right? Mm-hmm. It's not just that we go outside of Cleveland and find another 14% of black teachers, right? That's not really what you're saying. No. But um, I don't know. I don't know how, right? Rob Rob doesn't know how, you know. Well, I guess part of my of my dream is is kind of your dream, Rob. Is like, how do we do that? And I can't have the powers that be be selfish or think that I'm being um, racial. But I've got you've got to build what you've torn down in order to be equal. Right. Okay. So look around. Just in right here on this block, you see concrete curbing. Okay, right there. But there's none on the other side. You know? So you have to you have to fight for things a little bit at a time over here rather than why don't they just come and make all of the streets nice? You know? Then you look around and you see houses that are empty or whatever. Why is there why is there no push to um, form something where we could have not, uh, adequate housing, affordable housing. People come over here and, yeah, they buy old Mr. Smith's house mm-hmm. and they redo it, and that house is now 175000 Who can can't afford that? For example, I asked the mayor, and he says, he was, I believe he's going to do it too. I said, look, I have the knowledge and the ability to get a community association together, but I can't go in my pocket and, and pay those upfront monies, you know, that that's needed. Okay. Mm-hmm. And the people, the same that want to start the community association with me over here, mm-hmm. which would help a lot if we had one. What does it do? Tell me what, an, for people who are listening, what is a community? A association? community association would set rules and guidelines for the district over here, for example, it would it would maybe say like we can't have like like X amount of businesses have to be owned by right. by black people, right? And it would or, also set standards and things like okay, okay. if Miss Mary's house, uh, if Miss Mary dies, the association will see to it that others can uh, possibly purchase Miss Mary's house that are African American, sure, 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 things yeah. like that okay. first, you Some know, protection. Some protection, kind of protection, kind of thing. Okay, or or like not so many car lots over here, or um, if we want to have a parade, you need to make sure that you check with the association so we can check with the city. If we want to shoot off fireworks, then we're going to go to a designated area. Sure, yeah, you know, sure. so so the kids won't get in trouble doing right because they're just trying to have fireworks. They're just they're not trying fun. to go to jail. That right, day, right? they just sure. want to have fun. Sure, so why sure, are you sure, arresting sure. them? Right. Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. so the community association says this is the area where they shoot off firecrackers. Right. You know, things like that. But it, you know, you got to be a 501c3. And, you know, you need to have certain things set up and, you know, to be recognized as that. And um, that's a start. Yeah. That would be a start. And then um, also, too, it would, it would kind of, if you're going to come in, I'm not going to begrudge you being white to come in and buy on Emma Street. But um, we want to see that those businesses are conducive to what this culture also would be, right. be wanting well, to. Well, and, and filling in that broken circle, right? Right. Like looking at a kid who can actually walk from his house to that business mm-hmm. and saying, hey, when you graduate, you have a place here. You right. can work here. Exactly. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. You know, um, even even some of your other 
you know, because we have Indians on the street, mm-hmm. um, even opening their minds that um, to do business with us rather right. than just take, take, take. Don't come into our community and just you want us to buy. You want us to buy. You want us. But what mm-hmm. did you put back into the community? The association would help set that up also. Right. And I, and I think that's very, very important. So you feel like that would give at least a collective voice. Yes, because if you notice, I mean, um, they they you know they come into the community, other other cultures, mm-hmm. and we buy their products or whatever, but they give nothing back. Sure, you know. So if they yeah. understand that you know it's a it's a give and take to help mm-hmm. it grow, you know. And I I just want to see other people come, and I want to see the community come back. Um, I don't think we we'll ever get College Hill back. In the way that it was. But I think there is a future here. I could have sat and spoken to Alma Dotson for hours and hours. She's smart and determined and not going anywhere. And that's the kind of thing I like. I have no doubt that her thoughts and her feelings about College Hill come from a place of true introspection and also from observation of the neighborhood. She's not going anywhere. Next week, we're going somewhere new, though, to the R&B Barbershop to talk to Rodney.